life can be tricky, making us ask, what was that? Join host Jan Murray and her guests as they explore the that's of life. Welcome to Life After That. Hello, everyone. This is Jan Murray, your host of Life After That. Welcome back to part two of Melissa and Troy Stevens' story out of Kilgore, Texas. Uh, Melissa will continue talking about their journey with ALS and specifically how she's been doing since Troy passed away. So let's pick up where we left off from part one. How are you doing now? It's only been a year. So you're still in the fog. I call it the fog year, year one. Yeah. So have, yeah. how have you, your children and grandchildren been doing since Troy passed away? It's been rough. And like you said, it's it's still kind of a fog, even after a year. Um, I have my moments. Um, sometimes when I'm alone, you know, I have this picture everywhere. And um we go to, you know, every holiday or um, his birthday, our anniversary. Um, I go and put things out, you know, um, uh, with the faith of God. I mean, I just, I, you know, and my son. I mean, if it wasn't for my son, um, they, I, I stayed here three months after my husband passed by myself. But, you know, I would talk to them. And then at times when I did talk to him, I would break down. Um, so, um, they moved in with me, they came to stay with me. And, um, so we've all been living together, you know, in our home, we, me and Troy lived in a duplex and, um, it's kind of small. Um, we have a new baby and, um, he's four months old and they named him after my husband. They named him Troy Jameson after, after my husband. Um, so he's my little man, I call him. Um, and this will be, is this your 16th grandchild? Yes. Yes. (laughs) My baby. (laughs) We had no grandchildren. Uh, my daughter was not yet married, uh, when her dad passed away, but Mm -hmm. she's since been married. And so I have a three-year-old grandson and a brand new two and a half month old grandson that I oh, wish wow. Bill was here to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But those mm-hmm. grandchildren have a way of healing us. Oh, he does. He does. Especially because I see, I go to work and then I come home and I see a smiling face and he coos. He's getting at the age where he's cooing and talking. So yeah, I love it. I love so it. you did go back to work. That was my next question. When did you go back to work? I went back to work. Like I took a two week break. Um, my sister-in-law, like I said, was my boss. So she understood and she said, just go take time. So I had taken time. I had left my home and went up there where my son and his um, wife was at the time. And um, cause they, before they moved with me and I went to spend two weeks just to get away, you know, to take it all in. And um, it's been an adjustment. Um, Right now I'm at that place. I don't want to be alone. I mean, it's always been me and him for 33 years. Right. Um, so I really, you know, don't want to be alone. I have to be having people there with me. Um, 
I do go to work. Um, I have, um, I joined a widow group um, through my church. Um, I went through the actual um, life group um, through my church on that. Now I have um, joined a grief group mm-hmm. that um, actually um, Troy's um, chaplain through his um, home health is leading our grief group. So okay. um, I've joined that. So you've um, got a night, you've got your children and grandchildren and you've reached out and you've got some outside support from people who have lost someone. So would you recommend that for others who are going through this, who yes, might I would. need it? Yes. It, it, I mean, it, it keeps me going and keeps me busy. Um, so that way I, my mind doesn't focus so much on, you know, the ALS or, you know, um, and it just keeps me going. I understand know? the not wanting to be alone. I, then that's the one thing I was after, uh, after he passed, I was alone. I had moved, mm-hmm. uh, financially, we pretty much lost everything during the seven years. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away, it was okay. Well, you got to start over your 50 six, whatever I was at the top. Mm -hmm. I would have been, I would have been 55. So I had to literally start over with everything Mm -hmm. because I had not worked at that point for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had to reinvent my whole entire life. I moved to near my sister who she's 12 years younger than me, almost 12 years younger. And my brother lives hours away. So, um, I had to move, or I didn't have to. I chose to move where I could be near my sister. Um, I did not want to be right up under my children because I they were both already living very busy lives. Mm-hmm. I just wanted them to keep living because it makes me happy to see them just to continue living. But I also didn't want to be all by myself. Yeah. And so I lived by myself, but I had my sister to lean on. I actually worked for her and her husband uh, part-time and then full-time for a while until I got my job where I'm at now with the university, but, Mm -hmm. um, it, it was weird. And that first year, I think I was numb a little Mm -hmm. bit for a little while there because he and I had always been together and done everything together. So I feel like listening to you, you were the same way with your husband. You guys did a lot of things together Mm -hmm. and he was always there. So it sounds like you've got a good support thing going on. So I'm glad to hear that. Uh, maybe your year two will be better. Year two for a lot of us, especially cows, widows, um, year two for some reason hurts. I, I'm not sure if it's because we get all those firsts out of the way that first year mm-hmm. and then year two, it's like, oh, he's really gone or she's really gone. I don't know what it was about year two. Year two was tough and I hope that your year two is better. And what I think's different, I, I didn't go to any kind of counseling. I didn't have a grief mm-hmm. support group or any of that. Uh, actually didn't even go to a church for the longest time so it sounds like to me you have a good system in place so I'm actually mm-hmm. glad to hear that and I think my situation in year two might have been better had I had those things in place because I didn't mm-hmm. so hopefully anybody listening to this will hear what you're saying and mm-hmm. maybe get some of that in place as well the only thing I'm struggling with right now is um we are actually fixing to move in two weeks. We are moving six hours from where 
we have been staying. So that's going to be a change there. Um, yeah. You know, it it is a big difference and a big change once you lose your spouse or whoever to ALS. Um, it, you know, it's an adjustment trying to figure out who you are and, you know, yeah. and, you know, you've always been just you and him or whatever. And then you go, you know, um, you kind of forget who you ever were before them. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's going to be an adjustment, but you know, I mean, we're going to try it and see how it goes. You know, I think uh, moving is actually a good thing. Um, I think it actually probably did help me because I mean, I live in a mobile home. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought it. I paid for it myself. Mm -hmm. He's never actually been here ever. Mm -hmm. Um, he's and most everything in here is mine and it's never, mm -hmm. it was never ours. It's my stuff. I have a little yeah. bit of his stuff. Most of it is just mine. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that's what helped me survive. I, mm -hmm. I have a big thing that I tell people every time I talk to them, I'm like, don't get stuck in the memories. It's okay mm -hmm. to remember. Maybe you need mm -hmm. a day or two here and there to go through it, but then push it away and keep moving forward or you'll get stuck. Yeah. And so I'm afraid like if I still had his um, recliner that he sat in, if I still mm -hmm. had his chair, that mm -hmm. chair would haunt me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I was still in the same bed that I spent years with him, mm -hmm. I don't think I would do well. Yeah. He, you know, I think it helped me. Some people want mm -hmm. all of that and that's great. Whatever works yeah. for each person, it wouldn't, I know me and it would not have worked for me. It would yeah. have it would, I would have stagnated and I would have stayed in a dark place. Yeah. So moving may mm -hmm. actually be a helpful thing for you. Yeah. Something fresh and new and a different change. And it doesn't mean that you don't have things or memories or things that you want to keep. I have things in storage that mm -hmm. I could go dig out, but I usually don't. Mm -hmm. um, but So moving might be a real positive thing for you. Yeah. So we're going to try it and see how it goes. You know, um, I think, I think it's going to go pretty good because here where I stay, you know, it was where he passed away in this house. So, right. you know, I mean, even though I do change things around or we change things around, it's still, it's the, still same. the space. Exactly. So same bathroom, uh, same bedroom, yeah. same yeah. everything. And mm -hmm. that's, and yeah. that gets to you after a while, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, now, your husband passed away when you went to the restroom. So that had to be traumatic mm -hmm. for you to come back out and realize, oh, my Lord, he's actually yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, my husband's passing was actually pretty violent. He seized and had convulsions and we were actually at the hospital. And that's mm -hmm. the part that I actually did talk to a counselor informally mm -hmm. about because it was very traumatic for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad that didn't happen in my living space. Yeah. I, I I'm still haunted by that. So I can't mm -hmm. imagine if I was actually in the space where it happened. Yeah. So I always tell people to try to break away from the spaces that hold those type memories, because I don't think it's healthy to sit there around it and you can yeah. repaint and recarpet and make it your mm -hmm. space. And that may help, but at the same time, yeah. you might not. So, yeah. Yeah. so what do you, how, what are you feeling about this move? I realize you're, you're going to try it, but what's, what's in your mind about all that? kind of nervous it's just that you know all this time it's been me and him making decisions together 
Right. So now I'm having to make this decision. You know, I mean, my son, you know, he, he's there. He's there all the way with me. You know, I'm so glad um, that you have he, that. He yeah. made that promise to his dad. I mean, him and his dad would talk when they would actually go fishing. Um, that, um, you know, he made the promise to take care of me because, you know, my husband knew that it was terminal. So he knew, you know, that what he a blessing appear. that is, though. So yeah. him and my son had yeah. a talk and, um, but we did really good. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but, or from anybody, but, um, with my husband being so much of a fisherman, we all get together, we all got together when we actually made his funeral arrangement, mm-hmm. talked to the funeral home about it. We actually came up with a boat and he took his last ride across the river that he grew up in and buried in the home cemetery. But that is so special. Rode in a boat. On that his is last so special. Trip. So I've heard of people doing motorcycles and mm-hmm. different things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's so special. My well, son my said, husband, well, mom, let's give it, you know, let's, let's give him his last ride. You know, and you know, he loved boat. that. And he oh, was he aware of that it. somehow. I just know he was. Yeah. I, I think that's so special. Uh, financial reasons. We chose cremation. I couldn't afford to bury my husband. Mm-hmm. So we did cremation, but I had asked him when we knew things were going down mm-hmm. that, you know, where do you want your ashes? And I said, are mm-hmm. you going to go in the Gulf of Mexico with the dolphins? <laughs> like I want to, like I thought we had <laughs> talked about, because I thought, you know, we had agreed on that. And uh-huh. he was like, because he couldn't talk. So he just shook his head. Yeah. I'm like, what? You're <laughs> not going <laughs> to. So he wound up wanting his ashes sprinkled at a Christian youth camp that his dad mm-hmm. helped build that he spent his childhood going to that. Oh, I wow. to. Mm-hmm. He wanted them there. And then so we did that. But I also I did take some of his ashes and have them put mm-hmm. in the Gulf mm-hmm. of Mexico. I <laughs> my daughter has some of his ashes on her fireplace mantle in a box uh-huh. uh i had some of his ashes blown into a glass lamp so they're beside oh, my bed. How neat. yeah <laughs> some of his ashes are out at the cemetery where his headstone is that i got mm-hmm. through the air force mm-hmm. and where our four babies that passed away uh after birth mm-hmm. our triplets and our firstborn son so his ashes are out there with them so some of his ashes are sealed inside the hiney the butt of a mermaid <laughs> that a sculptor friend made for him. Oh, she sealed honey. some of his ashes in the mermaid's tiny. Uh-huh. And, and those are also out in the middle of the Gulf in a oh, wow. in a location where I know where they're at. Uh-huh. Uh, they're around a shipwreck. And uh, oh, I'm actually working neat. on my scuba certification, trying to get certified so I can actually go dive that site oh, one day and visit so him in the oh, mermaid's butt. <laughs> that is so neat. So his ashes are actually wound up being in lots of different places. Yeah. But uh, I think, and they're all special to us and my kids and, you know, and I think what you just tell me about your husband's, I love that. The last boat ride on his mm-hmm. favorite river. And I mean, oh, I mean that's awesome. you know, we had talked about it. I mean, he didn't know we were going to do that, but of course we had talked about before, you know, so he, we could know what his last wishes were actually, you know, yeah. where he wanted to be or, you know, the, the arrangements. 
and we had talked because he lost his sister. Um, she was 28 years old. And oh, wow. Yeah, you had said hot, cancer. She had cancer. She had Hodgkin's. So um, she was buried in their hometown cemetery. And um, so he had told me, he said, well, um, we had already looked at plots and we had sent, because it didn't cost us anything, as long as you put a headstone out, it doesn't cost you anything to be buried in that cemetery. Fantastic. So... Um, we had had his brother go and scope it out and to see if there was plots or whatever and talk to the funeral home about it. And um, he said, well, yeah, he said, there's a place. And we had talked about it. And he said, well, I would like to be buried at my sister's feet. And so it's the next row over. So that's where we buried him was at his sister's feet. She's Aww. buried the, the row in front of him. And, um, because that was the only place, you know, around that surrounding area. So yeah, that's where. yeah. And um, it took us literally a whole year. I don't know if it was due to COVID or whatever. It took us a whole year. We just, I, I beg and pleaded. I wanted it done before his birthday, but I didn't get it done um, to get his headstone. Headstones and are taking a while everywhere it, it now. Us, it took us a whole year. Yeah. I just got it like. Two weeks, I think, before actually um, his anniversary date. Wow. I, I know I'm hearing from, uh, I know my mother's hasn't been, all they have to do with hers is literally go engrave her date of death because it was mm -hmm. already, everything else was on there. Yeah. Uh, still hadn't been done. Uh, my sister's nephew tragically passed away. He was only in his 20s mm -hmm. around the time my mother passed. And mm -hmm. They don't know when his headstone will be done. And I've heard of wow. others who are having a hard time. So I think mm -hmm. there's, that pandemic seems to have messed up yeah. just everything, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think the the funeral home guy that deals with all that had told me we had like 1,300 people in front of us or something. Oh, my goodness. With. So. You might look for someone. Uh, actually, one of my high school classmates here in Alabama uh, mm -hmm. She actually has a business and she makes concrete grave markers and ships mm -hmm. those things. And she does mm -hmm. them within days oh, wow. and they're beautiful mm -hmm. and they're not that much money, but she's mm -hmm. been doing that. And a lot of people are using those. She's made mm -hmm. a couple of, I had her make a special piece, a concrete one to put at a tree that we planted at that Christian youth camp. That's got mm -hmm. my husband's information on it, but she's uh, there may be someone in your neck of the woods that does that sort of thing. Uh, concrete grave markers mm -hmm. can be permanent, but at the same time, you might could get it quicker and it could sit there until your other one gets there. Yeah. Um, that might be uh, something to look into. You might just mm -hmm. maybe Google, you know, concrete grave markers or something yeah. like that. Um, but I know that she does it and I know she ships some other places, but I can't imagine how much shipping would cost to send something that heavy yeah. <laughs> way off. But I'm just thinking and there surely she's not the only one that does this. Yeah. So you might you might go on yeah, Etsy, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. go to the Etsy site maybe and type mm -hmm. that in. You never know what might pop up. Yeah. Um, because it does, it takes a long time. But even if you just got a small one to put there until your mm -hmm. main one gets there. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that's just a suggestion because I, I know I'm hearing people saying it's been well over a year or did your husband, mm -hmm. did you say his did come in finally? Yeah, his did okay. come in. Um, we got it like two weeks before. So okay. it's there maybe set maybe two weeks. I say, how did that probably. affect you when you got it? Cause it did something to me when I saw a headstone. 
with my husband's name. Well, Is actually, that- the headstone that because me and my husband made a commitment, and he was like, "Well, you're not going to come visit me, you know? Will you please come, you know?" And I said, "Well, yeah, you know." And so we went. I got a headstone, and he knew it that we were going to do, it. and he actually knew kind of basically what our headstone was going to be like because okay. when he was at the hospital, my brother-in-law was already figuring out the headstone for us, helping us okay. out and putting the pictures on it. And um, so uh, we, uh, when it, when it got set, I mean, I, I've been calling them and asking them, you know, cause I had to approve it, you know, of what they wanted to make sure everything was fine and give right. them the final answer on it. And um, so I kept calling them to ask them and then they gave me a date. Then they're like, Oh, you know, it's been raining. We're not going to be able to go set it. And everything. Mm. So it's going to be a little bit longer. I was like, oh, okay, well, hopefully we'll get it there before actually, you know, his anniversary. And um, so me and my son went out there after they had told us that it was set. We made a trip out there and um, rode out there and um, looked at it. I was really pleased, but it set in that it was really permanent, permanent. Yeah, that um, I mean, when I would go, they had the marker there with this picture on it, you know, but it was tough, you know, I mean, with being with him for 33 years, knowing that my husband's in the ground, that's where I have to go visit him. Um, Well, just remember, he's ultimately not there, though. He's in a better place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. There's a certain amount of permanence when that final date gets on there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my mother passed away right two days after Christmas, this past Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and we buried her. Well, she was cremated, but she still had a burial plot, which is where her mm-hmm. ashes are. And her headstone yeah. um, is actually like two plots over from my four children and my husband. Oh, wow. And by the time we wrapped up her graveside, I was a basket mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. And had I just stepped over and walked over to my family's plot, and mm-hmm. I just looked and I thought, "Oh my God, look at all of these grave markers and my children." And there's my mm-hmm. husband. There's just mm-hmm. something about it. I rarely go. Mm-hmm. I might go there once a year, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there none of them are there, and it's such a reminder of everything I've been through and it kind of messes with my brain. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I try not to do it very often. Mm -hmm. Occasionally I'll pay a florist to put flowers out there for me, Mm -hmm. but somebody always steals them. So it's like, why am I going to spend $150 on four new arrangements when Mm -hmm. somebody's just going to steal them? So the last time I had my high school friend actually make some things, some concrete Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. I have put out there that seem, I mean, they're, the three little children statues in front of my triplets they've been there for 26 years at this point and nobody messes with them Mm -hmm. so I put a little bit smaller flower arrangements and weighted Mm -hmm. them down and nobody so far has messed with them this time but yeah the cemetery just does things to my brain so I don't don't Mm -hmm. go very much yeah yeah I try not to I just you know on holidays I mean you know being the first year yeah um, you know, it, and you got to do what you got to do. You still have some things to work through. You're still very yeah. early in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's still there. You know, it's, I have my moments, you know, 
as you should, because I would worry about you if you weren't still having moments. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and wind up. Uh, okay. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about your and Troy's story and what you went through and, and now to let us know, Hey, life goes on. You're still, you're still cooking, even yes, though it's only been a year. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts or words for anyone who might be listening that's either going through the journey now of ALS or has already lost their loved one? What, what would you tell them as someone who's only a year out? from loss, what would you, what would be any advice you would give them? Um, I would just tell them just to cherish every moment with your loved one every, every day, you know, um, even if you're their caretaker, you might get mad and, you know, but just cherish those moments, you know, if you have to just walk away, you know, from it, um, and yeah. take a, a pause. Um, but, um, it gets better. I mean, I'm only a year into it. But um, I struggle, but it's it's getting better as the choices that I make. Um, it's still hard, but life goes on. Life goes on. You're right. Yeah. Well, thanks once again, Melissa. I surely appreciate you coming on the show. And I'm sure that those who are listening will uh, get some wisdom from your experience and your story and, and how you're carrying on now. So for that, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone and invite you to continue listening to life after that please like share and subscribe and if you know someone going through the als journey please share this podcast with them if they're interested uh, if you have those who work in the healthcare fields uh, we would love for you to share the stories here so that they know about what families go through during the course of the disease and what families go through after. So with that, we'll say goodbye until next time. See you again in two weeks.